security, geopolitics, change, leadership. It's a good bet that you and your enterprise are wrestling with each of these major challenges as we continue to take on digital transformation. They're challenges that our next guest knows quite well on a scale that most of us will never know. Hi, I'm Scott Smith for Gartner ThinkCast, and I'm very honored to welcome to the program retired Admiral James Stravitas. Now, I could spend our entire time recapping his resume, but here are some highlights. A graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy, he went on to serve the United States Navy with distinction and honor as a decorated sailor and commander. From 2009 to 2013, he became the first Navy officer to serve as commander of the U.S. European Command and as NATO Supreme Allied Commander Europe. He is now the dean of the Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy at Tufts University. Plus, he is an analyst for NBC News, chairman of the board of the U.S. Naval Institute, and a senior fellow at the Johns Hopkins University Applied Physics Laboratory. Also, he is an accomplished author, including his latest book, The Leader's Bookshelf. Admiral Stavridis will be a keynote speaker at December's Gartner IT Infrastructure Operations Management and Data Center Conference in Las Vegas. Admiral, thank you so much for somehow finding time to speak with us now. My pleasure, Scott. It's great to be with you, and I'm looking forward to talking to the Gartner team in December. And in fact, at that event, you'll be talking on Sailing the Cyber Seas, the Realities of 21st Century Security. And it seems like digital has blurred the lines more than ever between what we traditionally think of as national security, things like military threats and so forth, and business security. Is it getting harder to delineate between the two? It absolutely is. And when I was the Supreme Allied Commander at NATO, people would say to me, well, Admiral, what really keeps you awake at night? Is it Afghanistan, Libya, Syria, the Balkans, piracy? There was plenty to worry about in that job, believe me, Scott. But the thing that kept me awake at night was cybersecurity. And the reason is the point you just made. Only cybersecurity, of all those things I just mentioned, proceeds from the highest level of our national interest, our infrastructure, our transportation grids, our water management systems, through our medical, our educational, to our personal finance, and frankly goes all the way to the most intimate details of our lives. Just think about what you're carrying around on that supercomputer called an iPhone 7S in your pocket right now. So cyber challenges us in so many more dimensions than anything else we have to be concerned about. That's why I worry about cybersecurity. And with that said, as you point out, we're, we're more and more military and the business are using similar security tools and facing similar threats. How does that change the national security equation? We have hit a challenge here that cannot be solved by either the public sector. In other words, we can build a cyber force, just like the Air Force, to defend ourselves in the cyber world. But we won't be able to solve this problem just with the public sector cyber force, nor with the private sector efforts. This is going to be a team sport. And it's because the challenges to us blur the lines, as you mentioned. And let me give you a specific example. North Korea, 
does two things that are attacking businesses in the United States. One, the famous attack on Sony Pictures after the very bad film, The Interview, came out about uh, Kim Jong-un and North Korea attacked Sony Pictures. They tried to defend themselves. Their defenses were overwhelmed. That was geopolitics playing out in the business sphere. And a second example, North Korea constantly seeking new means of financing their activities, including their nuclear weapons program. And they're actually conducting cyber bank robberies probably going after, for example, the Federal Reserve Bank and taking money from the Bank of Bangladesh, passing through the U.S. New York Fed Bank into small accounts in the Philippines. Straight stick bank robbery, Scott, but it really is geopolitically based. So these blurring lines present us with an utterly unique 21st century security challenge. Absolutely. And we've already seen this year, for instance, the WannaCry uh, ransomware attack. We then saw a subsequent uh, massive cyber attack uh, that inflicted um, businesses throughout the world. You cited some specific examples there, but you also cited earlier how this is something that impacts everything we do, every facet of our lives now. What are the biggest concerns that you carry when it comes to cybersecurity and how it impacts us? Sure. First is the acceleration of the size of the threat surface. And by that, I mean the number of devices connected to the web, which a couple of years ago, we crossed an important threshold when the 7 billion people on the planet were suddenly outnumbered by the number of devices. Two years ago, we had 9 billion devices. This year, we're going to hit 15 billion devices. And by the middle of the next decade, we'll have probably 50 billion devices connected to the internet. That's all a threat surface that is expanding almost exponentially. Secondly, Offense is beating defense right now. The ability to generate new types of cyber viruses, if you will, to modify them, to hire a small number of very talented individuals to go after the creation of these offensive tools, that is moving ahead of our ability to defend. And so whenever you see offense overcoming defense in a geopolitical situation, you think instability. And that's definitely what we're seeing in the cyber world. And then thirdly, back to something we talked about a moment ago, we have yet to see truly effective cooperation between the private sector and the public sector, which is gonna be essential. Companies are still spending too much time hiding the fact that they've been hacked, hiding what's happened to them uh, because they're concerned about shareholder value and consumer confidence in their enterprise. We need a much more open architecture of private-public cooperation to allay those concerns. Think the way the airlines work together. When something is of concern in a particular type of jet, it's a very open conversation. That's not the cyber world right now. We don't have private-public cooperation. So those are the three things I worry about the most. Our guest is former NATO Supreme Commander and retired U.S. Navy Admiral James Stravitas, will be a keynote speaker at the Gardner IT Infrastructure Operations Management and Data Center Conference in Las Vegas this December. And, sir, you, you laid out some 
very serious concerns right there. And often when we are talking cybersecurity or even security in general these days, so much of it seems to be a gloom and doom scenario. So let me ask a very um, straightforward question here. Is there hope? Of course there's hope. There is always hope. And let me tell you three or four things that I think we should be doing to improve our ability to protect ourselves. And one is the simplest thing imaginable. And it's something we talk about quite a bit and big companies like Gartner are working hard on it and many others are as well. And that's cyber hygiene. It's creating cybersecurity by educating those who will be using all of these cyber systems. And it's all those annoying things, Scott. It's long passwords and complex passwords and changing the passwords and not writing down the passwords on the back of your iPad and all of the things that make it occasionally slightly difficult to use the IT, but protecting it. So I'd put almost at the top of the list, that kind of cyber hygiene. And if we do that well, we could eliminate 70% of typical breaches that we see. Secondly, we talked about it earlier. It's the idea of better private-public cooperation for the government, which needs to take the lead here, bringing in the private sector and creating consortia where big companies in their sectors think banking, health, transportation, et cetera, collaborate together in a blame-free environment to share the hacks they're seeing, what they're doing about it, creating a sense of continuity across the spectrum of private and public. Number three, as a nation, we should invest in a cyber force. That's similar to the Army, the Navy, the Marine Corps, and the Air Force. We need a fifth service. We need a cyber force not huge, maybe 5,000 people, tiny by the standards of the Department of Defense, but highly trained, highly motivated individuals who come in and learn to master both offensive and defensive tools to help protect the infrastructure of the nation. And then fourth and finally, as just an opener of ideas, we need to put more emphasis on creating international cooperation in the world of cyber. The three things I've mentioned a moment ago are U.S. specific solutions, but internationally we should think more about the cyber world, Scott, the way we think about the oceans. There are global commons, they're shared together, there are zones, the high seas, if you will, of the cyber world are where we need an open global commons to get everything we possibly can out of this world. But unlike the oceans, we don't have a global treaty. We don't have a institution associated with the United Nations that really focuses on cybersecurity. We don't have conferences where we collaborate between allies, partners, and friends. And this is an area where the United States could very effectively take a lead. So there's four ideas. I could give you half a dozen more, and I will be doing that in December in Las Vegas. But this is the challenge of our times, and we need our best minds addressing them. Well, let me ask you from this angle then, because I was going to ask for about things we could do, and you covered that wonderfully in that answer. But so much of what you said there is not an issue of just putting up a better firewall, putting up better um, access management and so forth. It really is a culture change, which can be the most difficult change of all. And you've overseen 
uh, change and, and encouraging cooperation among groups that can be very resistant or large groups that can be very hard to change, whether it's the military working between nations and so on. What are some steps we can take to in, start moving our culture to a different point from our business standpoint to really get to those steps that you just mentioned? Yeah, this is the gut question in so many ways. And I'd say that you have to incentivize behavior. You can't simply hope and expect that things will change. So there are some negative incentives built into the system, right? If I don't do the kind of cyber hygiene I was just talking about, then I know that I will not be able to effectively use my personal devices. But what are the positive incentives that can be built into a system? I think this is something the private sector can do very, very well by ensuring all employees are going through training that's incentivized, that maybe there's a small cash award to the students and enterprise who do the very best as they go through a program. You Put that alongside the negative incentives of if you are caught three times failing in a phishing expedition, you lose your online IT privileges and we take your company laptop away from you. So the private sector has some tools in there. In terms of what the government can do, again, back to incentives, the government can help underwrite cyber insurance the way that the government underwrites flood insurance in very high-risk areas of the coastlines. The government can create incentives by having companies that are willing to come inside the circle of trust on cyber breaches receive tax breaks. The government can also use negative incentives, disincentives, if you will, and say that enterprises that are unwilling to come into the circle of trust will have to pay an additional fee in order to access it. So I think a system of incentives and disincentives, if you will, is what's called for here to help change culture. And then lastly, I would say, Scott, we all need to improve our strategic communication. We need to talk more about this. We need to celebrate the examples of people in our companies, people in our nation who are on the front lines of cyber. We're often talking about our national heroes in a variety of dimensions and everything from sports to the military to medicine to Nobel Prize winners. Where are the stories of celebration of those who are moving us forward in this cyber world? That's all part of effective strategic communications. And then lastly, education is a huge part of this. And we're gradually improving that in our elementary schools, our high schools, our universities. But this, again, is a place the government can help. Things like the core curriculum in our schools, our public schools in the country, what's the degree to which cyber education is included? You change culture by using education you change culture by using incentives and disincentives. You change culture by talking about and creating real message that resonates with the public. So there are some ideas to get us started. One of the things our listeners certainly can do to get a better handle on this topic and to protect their enterprises is to attend the Gartner IT Infrastructure Operations Management and Data Center Conference in Las Vegas this December. 
where Admiral Stravitas will be a keynote speaker. And Admiral, in advance of that, are there some final thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners for the sake of our discussion now? Indeed. First of all, in the end, cybersecurity is personal security. And the degree to which each of us takes responsibility for our own piece of cybersecurity is the degree to which collectively we'll be safer. Secondly, cybersecurity is something we should challenge our elected officials to demonstrate their knowledge, their expertise. We should not be sending people to Congress who cannot have a coherent conversation about our cybersecurity. So as voters, we have a responsibility. And then thirdly, each of us as part of a larger enterprise, be it commercial, Gartner-type enterprise to working for Xerox or Google or Facebook or any other commercial or in the public sector, in the government, we have a collective responsibility to take care of each other and observe each other. And when we see each other either succeeding or failing in the cyber world, bringing that to the attention of individuals around us. So it's not only personal, it's the collective, it's private, it's public, it's international, it's interagency, strategic communications matters. If we put all that together, we can secure ourselves in these very choppy cyber seas. Admiral, it's been an honor. Thank you so much for your time and especially for your insights. Thanks so much, Scott, and I'll see you in Vegas. Retired United States Navy Admiral James Stravitas is the dean of the Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy at Tufts University and the former NATO Supreme Commander. He will deliver the keynote address, as you just heard, in Las Vegas for the Gartner IT Infrastructure Operations Management and Data Center Conference, December 4th to 7th topic will be sailing the cyber seas, the realities of 21st century security. For event details, go to gartner.com slash events. I also want to encourage you to check out Admiral Stravitas's new book, The Leader's Bookshelf. And make sure to go to gartner.com slash podcast for a wide array of Gartner ThinkCast conversations. Plus, you should check out the Gartner webinars at gartner.com slash webinars. For Gartner ThinkCast, I'm Scott Smith. Thanks for listening.